0: Welcome to the Finding the Oasis Within experience, a podcast that journeys through the extraordinary stories of human transformation. Now, here's your host, Tamara Kalani. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Finding the Oasis Within. Today, we have another special guest on the show, and her name is Chancy Wazo. She also happens to be the person that has not only changed my own personal life, but the person who continues to teach me all about spiritualism, high empathy, high sensitivity, and how to intertwine it with building a powerful business. So just a quick personal vulnerability moment here. When I first started this spiritual self-development journey, I was so lost in the sauce that I actually thought in order to be considered like a spiritual person, I had to meditate all day, hide crystals in my clothes, stay manifesting from the time that I woke up till the time I went to bed. And I just didn't know how to balance spirituality With this like vivid vision that I had of myself of being a luxurious businesswoman. I felt like you either have to be a full-on spiritual person or if you want to get into business, then there's no spirituality involved. But when I met Chansey, she really was the person that opened my awareness and consciousness up to being able to find the balance in between both worlds. And know how to balance business with a higher consciousness. She's seriously an incredible social entrepreneur. She is a wonderful community cultivator. Her business is all about being in a dance between the duality of entrepreneurship and mysticism. And she uses practices like mindfulness, embodiment, wellness, and self-leadership to empower others. Her main focus, though, is empowering women who are in a meditative and spiritual practice seeking to elevate into a next level of power. And women who are in entrepreneurship who also want to be embodied in the divine feminine power. Now because I've seen this happen in my own personal life and I've seen it happen to other women, but typically when a woman starts to go after her goals and dreams and wanting to be this independent, powerful leader, sometimes that woman can completely disregard her feminine energy and get so wrapped up in the masculine energy that it ends up creating an unbalanced energy in the woman's mind, body, and spirit. In Chansey, she does a really good job with doing one-on-one coaching to help support women in reclaiming their power and aligning with their highest divine feminine self. She's currently also building out bi-monthly workshops for women. She explores. Uh, a, she's also exploring a new niche of women entrepreneurs specifically in social impact or life and wellness coaching. And she has an Instagram live series. And get this, the name is absolutely beautiful. It's called Intersections of Intuition. And she does a bunch of guest speaking in women's coaching and entrepreneurship groups. She also does create blog content for women in entrepreneurship and women aligning with their divine feminine. I mean, this woman is really on a roll and she's just getting started, you guys. Chansey to me is the epitome of a catalyst who is on a mission of wanting to make a difference in the world by changing one woman's life after another, including myself. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the soul talk I had with Chansey to hear how she turned her 9 to 5 lifestyle into a timeless adventure into the unknown of her soul, which ended up guiding her to creating a business that empowers and elevates women to the next level. Enjoy. So I kind of want to tell you about an experience that I went through this morning. So typically when I wake up in the morning, I have a flow. I wake up and I do my morning meditation. And for the past two weeks, I've been doing like this intense breathing meditation um, and also kind of blessing of the energy centers or blessing of the chakras. Basically, it's just blessing of the mind, body and the spirit. Right. This morning, I got called to do a different type of meditation. Um, and I ended up doing a meditation where it's tuning in with the frequency of this new life and this new identity that I've been creating. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting because when I came back from Costa Rica, I was just called to do this breathing meditation over, over and over again. And I started to notice that my body and my mind and spirit really was elevating on a different level. I felt different. So I thought it was kind of interesting that this morning, I woke up with a different type of guidance and I listened to it. So I did the meditation and it was a Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation and it was about an hour and a half. And I wanna say maybe within 30 minutes of the meditation, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza goes and tells us like, tune into the frequencies and the vibrations (laughs) of this new life that you're creating for yourself. So I started to tune in with the energies and my tears started rolling down my face, Mm -hmm. and I started crying. And it was like crying, crying where my body was like shaking. And it wasn't like sad cries or like depressing cries. It was like grateful cries. And I hit something, like I hit some sort of nerve in my heart. And I was like, oh my God, this meditation is like shifting me in a whole nother experience and identity. And then this voice came in and it was like, What are the three words that describe who you are right now? And the three words that came to mind was resiliency, wise, and being faithful. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like feeling those energies because that's how I felt at the time. And then the same voice came back and said, what are the three words that describe your past self and your past identity? Mm -hmm. And it was weak, stupid, and fearful because that's how I felt. I was younger. I felt extremely weak. I felt like very stupid in a way where I was not intelligent enough to speak up. And I was very fearful on all aspects. And then my mind started to take me on this journey of my own story all over again. So I started to review my story from the time I was little up until where I was now. So at this point, you can only imagine, you know me, I'm like, I cry over everything. And I'm very sensitive <laughs> and a very emotional woman and i've learned to accept that about myself and i love it and i find it very sexy actually when people show their emotions because oh yeah less, yeah like in my life i've i've put so many barriers where i didn't want to be be seen as weak i didn't want people to see me as a weak woman i wanted to be always like this strong powerful woman but then i started to realize that i'm a very emotional and sensitive woman and i feel things on another level and that's just a part of me and now i love it So my question to you is this, what are the three words that describe the woman you are today? And what are the three words that describe your past identity? And through your own story, how have you been able to transform from one identity to another?
1: Oh, that is an amazing question. Before I answer those, can I respond to the story of your meditation this morning?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Girl, this is a sacred space. Be
1: (laughs) and talk your heart out. I know, sacred, silly, sassy. We're (laughs) about to bring all of it in. Uh, So when you said it struck a nerve in your heart, it sounds like when we get into these really deep meditations and we're in our body and just so open to surrendering and receiving and receptivity, that's dropping into your heart. Mm-hmm. And when you drop into your heart, it's a much more clear way to tuning into the sig- new gifts to turn on. So signaling that new timeline, just like you were talking about. And what you said about vulnerability, where that comes in, in order to drop into our heart, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be vulnerable enough to see ourselves as we truly are, to hold that in compassion. And exactly as you said, these new words of this new emergence of you which is actually just core authentic you that's been here the whole time as we shed the layers of not self that's what I believe courage truly is and I've watched a lot of Brene Brown especially her call to courage I love her I know she's amazing she's so funny Um, just wise but also funny and just true and authentic and in her work being vulnerable is courage And so like you said, when it's like sexy and it's attractive for people like us, because we can see how expansive that is for the people around us who are embodying that. And to be able to be vulnerable and be like, this is my true self. I'm going to keep removing the layers of not self with so much love and compassion. Mm. And so with that being said, it's interesting because... The layers and the fluid transformation of me, I feel as though I've danced through different aspects of self and I continue to dance through them. And I think the elements of self that I'm releasing from or from the past was smallness. As a kid, mm-hmm. I loved big energy. I loved to to speak a lot and to just show up my full self and to be I don't know, just just to be so engaged and immersed in community, and I was just fearless about it. And then through programming in high school and bullying and all of the things, <clears throat> smallness became something. This whole idea of like tall poppy syndrome, of imposter syndrome, of just this fear of being too big for the space that I'm in, or being too much for the people I'm around, or being too powerful, or being just... Too much of myself and too much can of my I ask, potential.
0: Can I ask a quick question? Is yeah. that like you saying and feeling that you felt too big to be yourself? Is that something you heard from family, friends, or somebody outside of you? Or is that just something that came from your own mind?
1: I would say both because I definitely felt that in school a lot. I thought a lot differently than what the curriculum taught. And I was always down to share my opinions, to share my thoughts, to show up fully. And if it wasn't the norm, as many of us know, it's, I don't want to say condemned, but it's very much not accepted. I think that's the better language. And Mm -hmm. so hearing this from people in community with people that really truly care about me and are just trying to keep me secure and safe, which oftentimes can equate to smallness, becomes internalized. And so I absolutely internalize smallness and program that in my subconscious. So my subconscious was always like, hey, if we stay small, if we stay within this comfort, this is where we're gonna be and we're always gonna be okay. This is where our security is. And security also comes from a place of fear and comes from a place of wanting to be small in that, in that sense. And that's why I would say smallness is probably the main word I would use for past self and parts of me that I'm I'm just really working hard to let go of.
0: Okay. And then um, what do you think for your new identity now? What would be the word that kind of describes who you are or who you've kind of transformed into?
1: You know, it's interesting because the first thought that would come through in the past and even now is, okay, stay humble. Don't be too big. Don't (laughs) toot your own horn or whatever. But honestly, who I want to become and who I want to be and know that I've always been is big energy. It's powerful energy. It's wild feminine energy. And honestly, Empress tarot card Mm -hmm. energy, just magnetic and open. And I would say something for me, that describes me very well is my energy has a lot of resonance. I can walk into a space and pretty much resonate with the energy of any space of any community and just navigate as such and still be in my authentic self, which has been a lot of practice of duality. And like you were saying with the whole story, like in college, for example, I was in leadership but I was also in like creativity and mysticism. So, constantly discovering myself and aspects of myself within both of those realms, I was also hiding them from each other. So, whatever space I entered as an entrepreneur, I was not a mystic or spiritual or, or the creative, unless it was creative problem solving for innovation. Mm-hmm. And as a mystic, I was not in this leadership business arena because I wanted to be spiritual and. Spiritual had all these rules and doctrines, so so I thought, and I think that is a huge part of whenever I hit a new timeline or a new evolution of self, I reflect back on the duality. Am I embracing both? Am I merging them? Am I dancing between them, or am I hiding them from each other?
0: Yeah, totally, and you know, what's really interesting to me is for this new identity that you're creating you're saying that you want to be wild empress and tap into that wild feminine be that wild empress yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just had to put them together because that's just what i see (laughs) Um, but i feel like i already see you as that woman you know you're saying i want to tap into this but to me because you know you and i we've been building our relationship for a couple years now um And, you know, our listeners don't know this, but you and I, we met in the corporate world back in the day when we were doing our nine to five world.
1: Uh Let's take a moment and just (laughs) express gratitude for the experience and gratitude for being beyond the experience. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it taught me a lot about myself
0: and how to speak up and to, um, you know, build myself from literally the bottom to top. And I know for you, you did the same thing over there, and it was kind of nice how we connected. Um, And the way we connected is you created like a wellness group or something like that,
1: right? Yeah, the wellness committee, because I was working as a relations manager for the biggest team at the company. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do more. I wanted to be involved in all of the school clubs (laughs) and... (laughs) um, went to HR and I forgot what I was talking with them about, but they were saying they were trying to figure out how to do a wellness program. And I was like, Ooh, social innovation, my mm-hmm. thing, I'm mm-hmm. down. And so I partnered with one of the head of HR and we created a wellness program. And part of that was of the idea I brought up was to incorporate folks from all aspects of the company. Yeah, And so we formed the committee, which I think what we met biweekly and just talked about, wellness needs of company especially in tech oh my god like especially in tech so yeah I just remember sitting with you at the wellness (laughs) company and looking at you being like there's something like we're gonna be (laughs) friends we're going to be friends you
0: saw something that I honestly when I saw you I was like captivated by your energy because I felt at the time you already had that big energy. You already had like this confidence to you in this light, and that's what attracted me to you in the first place. And I said, "Whoa, this girl is extremely gifted," and I was like, "I want to work with her." But I I didn't see the future honestly. I didn't know that we would be on a podcast years later, talking about life and transformation and and spirituality and business and all these things. And you know, you've helped and elevated me a lot in my own personal life. So. To me, what you're saying about tapping into this is what I want to create, I think you're already there. I don't see that you still need to tap into that. You already have that big energy. And I think sometimes, again, it's that like imposter syndrome that comes in or just kind of like, oh, I need to keep working on this. Well, what if, what if you don't have to keep working on this? What if it's just waking up every day and knowing when you look at yourself in the mirror that this is who you are?
1: Yeah. I think, well, first of all, thank you. I received that. And I love you so much. Mm -hmm. I think what is so special about our relationship is we are such mirrors for each other. Mm -hmm. And like I heard Krista Williams say in the Almost 30 podcast, how important it is to have people who are in your corner, and she uses language specifically, help me see myself when I cannot see myself clearly. And with my clients, for example, I say this all the time, I'm like, I am just here to guide you for you to feel in your power reclaiming who you already are, and the divine essence that you already carry within you for this lifetime. And so, yeah, it's really nice to have someone and to have you specifically to remind me of that within myself. You know, this is a constant practice of not only evolution, but to rest into it and be like, okay, I already am here. It might not be in fruition, but I trust the process. And I know that where I am is where I'm meant to be. And in divine timing, these other parts of myself that are already in existence, they the gifts will come. The expression of the gifts will come when they're meant to come.
0: I agree. And I love that you use divine timing because that's something <laughs> that I've been learning uh, since I started this journey. Because I started when I was 25. Now I'm 30. So it's like Five years, that's still, it's not a lot. However, I do feel that in those five years, I really been working so hard on myself. But the first couple of years, I was working hard in a way where it was like a chore for me. And it was kind of like, I just killed all my fun and my laughter and just kind of like my randomness, the wildness. And I was just so focused on self-development that I really lost myself, but I needed that experience in order to tap back into realizing the most important thing in my life is my own happiness. And it's it's a inner project, it's a it's an inner yes. type of progress. It's an inner Cheers power. to that. It's true because you spoke about it too. It's like you're helping your clients realize their own light. You're not their light. You know, you're just there to kind of guide them and to show them their own light because the power is always within, you know, when we when we meditate, when we um, kind of tune in with crystals and we read books, we watch YouTubes, we go to different retreats. These are all amazing tools. But at the end of the day, what people need to understand, it's the power within which gives you the power on the outside. So I think this is probably a good gateway to kind of know more about how in your story, you kind of went through your own transformation and how you realized like, "Whoa! like I have these gifts and I want to be able to give back and work specifically with women and to
1: empower them. Oh, this is a story and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this is the
0: podcast for it. So,
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yep. Finding that oasis. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Okay. Where to begin? I'm going to start with college. So I went to Western Washington University and I studied social entrepreneurship with a focus on mindfulness leadership. And on the side, I studied a little bit about holistic healing, holistic health, uh, cross-cultural healing and psychology. And so my interest has always been in this mystic realm. Mm -hmm. And really quick, uh, even backstory on that. I grew up uh, with my nonna, who is my Italian grandmother. Our culture is Southern Italian. Uh, She is a strega, which means witch. I grew up reading this book called Strega Nonna, where this little old village witch goes down to her little town in Calabria, where my family or my great-grandmother is from. And she just heals the community. Mm. And that was the first book I could ever read. That's been my favorite. It's still my favorite book. I've been reading The Untethered Soul, The Wild Woman's Way, um, <laughs> Woman Who with the Wolves. Like I, I've been reading. And that little picture book is still my favorite one. Mm, okay. And so that really, growing up with that element of magic and my Nona having having kitchen witches and having signs saying the witches in and always wanting to be in her power was a modeling for me to recognize the magic within myself so fast forward to college i'll I'll pass through all the high school bs because that's an hour and a half long story in itself but in college i've always been an overachiever not so much perfectionist i just love learning i love being part of community i love academia I obviously have issues with institutions, but I'm really grateful that I had the privilege and experience to go through university. And I went to an interdisciplinary college, so I wrote my own degree. And like I said, it was in social entrepreneurship, mindfulness leadership, and cross-cultural holistic healing. Okay, hold on. Pause for a second. So you said you wrote your own degree? What does that mean? Yes. So at Fairhaven at Western, it's an interdisciplinary college. And you have the opportunity to write your own concentration. So you get basically a sponsor from that school and two other pe- people from the university or the community to sponsor your degree. So I had one professor and then I had the lead of the leadership institute at my university. And then one of the vice presidents of my university actually sponsor my concentration.
0: What? Wait, so this means that you basically created your your own degree like you manifested a degree that was never created from before till yes. you up and you're like this is what I want to do and this is what I want to study.
1: Yeah, actually 100%. I wrote my own degree it, and I'm very grateful that I had the agency and resources to do so. Wow. That's incredible. And I, the reason why I'm saying that's
0: incredible because you know this podcast caters to different age groups, right? And a lot of my focus is is really for children. Um, And teens and people who are in college who, you know, sometimes our parents are like, oh, be a doctor, be an engineer, be this or be that in order to have a certain type of title, which there's nothing wrong with being these types of um, heading into these types of careers. However, if you do not have passion into it, then you shouldn't do it. Right. So it's amazing yeah. to me to hear something that, hey, I want to create some sort of degree and I did it. And it gives the possibility to our listeners that if they have some sort of passion that that they know it, it's them, but they're not able to actually find on any part of platform, they have the possibility of creating their own degree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in high school, I had such a hard time fitting in with STEM. My mind does not work with math and science. So I did Running Start I went to college my senior year. And then one thing I got to say to especially young listeners or I mean anyone is learn the resources and in the institution if you have the ability to do so and revolutionize the system in a way that serves you and your community, however that looks. And... Again, I'm very grateful that I had this opportunity to write my degree because back to the story, Mm -hmm. I was so into this idea of changing the world. I wanted to change the world. I wanted to make a change. So I joined the Changemakers Club, became president of it, and through a global network of uh, change leadership institutions and programs, uh, that's who the university was sponsored by. And the whole idea was through social innovation, which is critical and creative problem solving to create solutions for community and social and environmental needs. So I went basically balls to the wall with entrepreneurship programs. I was in uh, this minor for two years, and I was kind of a student ambassador, I would say, for it, as well as the, the change leadership international program. Mm-hmm. and so every day I was running events I was speaking at leadership panels I was helping develop programs how old I were you was, huh how old were you at the time 19 to, or er, yeah 19 to 21
0: okay continue I just want I just want you to know that you're incredible to be doing something like that <laughs> at that age but yeah continue your story <laughs>
1: thank you yeah and just so immersed in this idea of People wanting to make an impact and align it with their passion and do it in a way that is sustainable for their communities and for the world. Like that still lights me up. And that's what I like about entrepreneurship. I'm not into the traditional entrepreneurship sense, although I know it's useful in ways. Again, I'm not going to get into the story of uh, capitalism influence. That's mm-hmm. a whole other podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I thought it was so cool that people would come and say, hey, my community needs this. I have this really cool idea. And this program and this community would be like, all right, here are the tools to be able to do it. Here's the community support. Here is connections all over the world. And so one of my main roles was leadership. To be someone that would help coach people through this, to connect them with what's called an innovation ecosystem. So an ecosystem of people, resources, opportunities, and places that allow you to make change possible and make change happen. And this is where it gets interesting. Towards my senior year, I started to have burnout, Mm. like significant burnout, because looking in hindsight, my work was a huge part of how I valued my personal worth. And everything I did, I was constantly, I wasn't sleeping. I was taking a lot of Adderall. I was doing like my schedule was so packed. I had a, I'd wake up, do homework, have a class, have a meeting, have another class, do a leadership panel, have an event, like plan an event, just community court, like every single role I could have, like any hat that I could wear for a role. I, I did. Okay. And I recognized I started to get burned out. And so after college, it was kind of this massive identity crisis of Who am I if not someone succeeding in academia? Because that's who I always have been. Mm -hmm. And who am I if I'm not making a change, leadership, global impact, or whatever buzzword people want to put on it? Because now I don't have this institutional resource at my disposal anymore. And so then I started working that corporate job with you. And it was a really cool experience. But beyond that, towards the end of that job is when my intuition really, really started to speak to me when it was saying there is something much bigger that you are ready to grow into. And it felt like I was in the shell and outgrowing the shell that it became so uncomfortable. And it didn't have to do with the company. It's not blaming the company or anything. It was that where I was was not conducive to the growth that I needed for myself to live my Dharma and my purpose in this life. Right. And so I heard from my intuition constantly, you need to leave, you need to go explore, you need to go adventure. And that's when I quit the job. I went to Europe by myself, um, just backpacked around and then came home and basically was jobless. And I try not to use this language anymore, but at the time broke, uncertain, Mm -hmm. didn't have value of myself. Just it's like everything completely collapsed and crumbled in my eyes at the time. Yeah. And so I started recognizing that all of this work that I had been doing was me using masculine energy. And just for the sake of listeners, masculine and feminine are not gendered. Feminine energy is more emotional, fluid, creative, receptive, and masculine is more proactive, rigid, protective, uh, linear. So I was in this masculine energy so deeply and intensely in college, which got me a long way. But I recognized all of the emotions and all these things I was feeling and parts of me that needed this vulnerability we were talking about. I wasn't letting them come through because I was putting on these layers of work, if you get what I mean. Yeah, and actually, in my last course in college, one of them was embodied agency. And I learned about what it meant to be embodied and what it meant to be an embodied agent of your life. And that was kind of the first catalyst that led me into this post-travel to recognize, okay, I'm very disembodied with, my, with myself. I know I have this intuitive gift. I know that there's this voice that is yelling at me at this point. How do I listen to her? How do I heal my body? How do I find worth of self outside of what I'm producing, which is a very Western individualistic mentality and perspective of value and of like very individualistic. Mm -hmm. So I started reading about books about feminine embodiment and sexuality and sensuality and pleasure and woman's empowerment and listening to all these podcasts about woman empowerment and finding expanders, which Lacey Phillips coined the term of people who embody what, what shows our subconscious, what is possible for us. And that led me into creating a wild feminine group in COVID and to joining women's groups about sexuality and joining more women's groups about entrepreneurship and, in between all these times I moved a bunch of states and I I don't want to get into those stories because that's beyond the purpose but (laughs) the end of this story is I hit a dark night of the soul which is basically what another phrase for ego death yeah but I I prefer dark, dark night of the soul at the end of 2020 I was fresh out of a car accident very immobile, very dependent on people that help me, which I have never been before in my life, which was another challenge of vulnerability is asking for help and grieving. What was it like eight people within not even a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so December of 2020, I dedicated a lot of time to just getting to know myself and to heal myself and be with myself through meditation, breath work, I think I meditated like six times a day that month every day. I got off social media. It was time for me, as Layla Delia says, to journey home back to myself because all these adventures of moving to California when I did or going to Europe or road trips or whatever are all such wonderful experiences. And I always encourage travel for people if they have the resources to do so. But at the end of the day, like, you're coming home to you no matter where you are. And that's what's important. And so coming back home to myself, for some reason, it hit January. And I was like, holy smokes. (laughs) 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 Caught myself pat myself
0: just, there just a disclaimer you guys <laughs> I've told my guests <laughs> that this is like a pg-13 podcast because we want to cater to children and young adults and teenagers and all that good stuff so it's funny because I know our language sometimes we start to kind of use cuss words here and there and whatnot so good catch good catch boo you did great
1: I don't think I've said that in like <laughs> 10 years <laughs> holy smokes <laughs> We speak so eloquently, but y'all, I'm just gonna let you know. Outside of the podcast, or when we're doing public speaking together, (laughs) tomorrow now, bro, guess what? Guess what? My personal power, dude. Like, (laughs) we're such bros. It's it's
0: so funny because we have such feminine sides to us, and then we have our masculine side, and then like they definitely pop in and out at random times. And there's, I realized in my journey. There's so many different sides to me. There's so many different dialects. There's so many different languages. And I've always tried to be like, no, this is how I am. It's just like this one person, but we're multidimensional beings. And I'm still learning that I have a lot of sides to me. It's not just one side. It doesn't mean that I'm bipolar or it doesn't mean that I'm like all over the place. It just means that there's so many layers and it's kind of beautiful to sit into recognize these things it's kind of like a butterfly when the butterfly comes out of cocoon it's not just one solid color it's an array of colors you know and it's really beautiful and it's it's art that's how I look at ourselves so yeah I'm glad you said holy smokes that was wonderful that was just perfect
1: (laughs) yes well we are multifaceted multidimensional and fluid baby like that is something I always Mm -hmm. I've always held true to me and I talk with my clients about, which brings me back to the end of the story <laughs> is January hit. And I was like, I am jobless, but I have a lot of wisdom and I'm continuing to learn. And that's a big thing for, for life coaches and mm-hmm. empowerment coaches is we are always learning and we are always expanding and kind of like our terminology with our little group that we have like F it, I'm gonna expand it's just January hit, and I was like, I'm gonna just put it out there that I'm going to be a woman's coach. Question mark. And <laughs> I made a reel just out of the blue. I had no business plan. I had no business model. No offering specifically. Which, mind you, I went to school for all of this, so I know how to do all of this. Yeah. On a foundational level. I mean, I coached people through this for years, but I was like, all right, let's see. And all of a sudden, in my DM two people reached out to me like instantly and were like hey how much do you charge and i was like uh <laughs> <laughs> well and just came up with a number and they're like okay when do we start and i was like um oh wow well and then immediately it was like the divine download of being intuitive and then also this other side of oh it's 111 while we're talking right now i was just thinking the same i swear to god <laughs> And then this other side of me being like very business strategic minded of being like, okay, what can I provide for a woman that is actually going to bring them value and into their power? Because these are the lessons that I have gone through everything that I guide women through or support them through providing practices are things that I have tried and things that I have done. And I think because I felt so out of my power and disconnected from my intuition well i've always been connected to it but i I think it's i never not never let me be more mindful about this Mm. i had a difficult time trusting myself and trusting my intuition i Mm -hmm. always heard it but it was so difficult for me to trust that's actually really surprising to me by Mm -hmm. the way because this is one of my
0: past challenges as well but it's really interesting for me to hear you say something like that because i always tell you how intuitive you are and like you'll just text me out of nowhere and be like, Hey, you doing okay? How, how's it going over there? And I'm just like, damn, how like, how does she even know? You no, know, then, We start talking about it and then I'll kind of like, well, that will happen the same thing with me where somehow I tap into your own energy field and I'll text you and be like, Hey, beep, boop, beep,
1: pop. <laughs> Our conversation last night was literally that just so everyone
0: knows. Um, so it's, it's really incredible for me to hear you say something like that. and. And just hearing your own story and how you were able to kind of find the peace within or find the oasis within your own journey and transformation, it I know it's not easy to learn how to trust your intuition because we have something called emotions. So especially for women, we're very emotional. And for me, at least, it was really challenging to figure out, well, how do I know this is my intuition or is it just my emotions playing with me?
1: Right, right. And I think... Something that's very valuable that anyone who's listening, I would love for them to, I I would invite them to meditate on. That's kind of ironic with what I'm about to say Mm. is mindfulness meditation and mindfulness. I took so many courses for mindful leadership, the psychology of it. And it really just starts with being in tune with your body and your sensations. So you can begin to recognize your thoughts. You can recognize your feelings and sensations and emotions not separate yourself from them, but be the observer of them. And then with that practice foundationally, we begin to recognize this voice coming through is not just my thoughts. It's not my subconscious telling me something that's fear-based or something to keep me small, not to say our subconscious is bad whatsoever, or that shadow work which is the work to move through the blocks from the subconscious is bad. Everything deserves love and compassion,
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: allows us this foundational practice of recognizing where is my, where is spirit coming through right now? Where is my intuition coming through? Where is it guiding me? Because it'll never lead us in the wrong direction. It'll lead us somewhere that's going to have a lot of resistance because our mind and our bodies are going to say, this is not secure for me this is out of my comfort zone people will be disappointed in me this is something I've never done before it's it's this idea of when we want to step into our bigness and step into our potential and our power there's a lot of fear behind that which is very valid and what I try to do with my clients and I've actually been successful in is providing practices And just words and support to mirror like you do for me, like we said before, Mm -hmm. of this is already within you. This already is you. We just got to take the layers of shit off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's gold. And it kind of makes me now wonder, what are your favorite self-care practices just for your own self? What are the things that you do to kind of tune in with your own beautiful energy, like that divine energy?
1: My favorite self-care practices. I do like an audit. I spend time alone. I create a sanctuary space where I have my plants, my candles, my, you know, good smells going and everything. And I'll just sit with myself and have a conversation out loud with my higher self. Mm. And again, that's something I guide my clients through is personal power, intuition, self-trust, but then also connection with the higher self. And I'll just talk with her and be like, all right, I'm auditing my own personal garden almost like what is within me that needs to be released? What's coming through? What have I been investing too much energy in? Just doing like an energy discernment practice and just allowing my body and my intuition to tell me these things are no longer needed for this timeline. These things are or allowing like maybe I'll have creativity come through. It's just being able to open the channel and the signal to really hear my true self. And that's a self-care practice for me. I know that I heard on a podcast yesterday, a lot of people will say face masks, bath, wine, movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this was the Financial Feminist podcast. She was saying that those are self-soothing practices versus self-care. She was talking about money management, but I like this notion of self-care being really something that helps you develop a stronger, more compassionate, more resilient and powerful relationship with yourself at every version of you Mm -hmm. and meeting yourself where you are at any place. Lots of love. And with this idea of I trust me and I know what I need.
0: Totally. I love that. And I think what's also important Mm -hmm. is loving our past selves. Cause I, on my journey too, there was a point in my life where I hated her because I just didn't understand why she did what she needed to do at that time and you know why she she just didn't understand you know she was so lost and she was just so scared and I just hated that that she didn't have clarity she didn't have like that unconditional love and going through this process I realized it's kind of like the yin and the yang right you have to love the light and you have to love the dark and you have to love the old identities because they are what push you to be who you are today. And they're still a part of you. It's not like they disappear all of a sudden, you just have to switch your mindset and your perspective. And, you know, you know, me personally, I've always all been all about perspective and mindset, because I think that's what an attitude. I think that's kind of like the formula for internal success, because we go through things all the time. And, you know, there's people that go through really traumatic experiences with abuse right. and drugs and alcohol and all this stuff. But When you're ready to kind of transform, the first thing you have to do is have the mindset of, okay, it's time, let's do it. And I think it's also really important to have, you know, like-minded people and support around you and also to have a mentor. I think people underestimate sometimes how much a teacher and a mentor can help us and to elevate us. And even if you need to hire like a coach or um, a hypnosis teacher, you know, a a caretaker whatever it is that you need to hire it's not embarrassing anymore like this is what's in this is what's cool now is to have these kinds of people that can hold the space for us and to help us really see our light because it is sometimes really hard to see our own light especially when we're first starting on this journey of transformation so I think for you, you are into mentored, you know, you've been mentored and now you're becoming a mentor for other people and you've been doing this. And I love that you're kind of mixing spirituality with business because I really, hear that it's either you're into spirituality or you're into business. So how have you been able to find um, the balance and kind of intertwine the two
1: together? Oh, amazing question. I know. I'm just getting really good at this. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The first thing I will say is there's this book called Playing Big by Tara Moore. And this is just a comment on the mentorship thing really quick. Mm -hmm. I have had amazing experiences with mentors and I have had not so great experiences with mentors. I've had some show me have expanded me to what I want to become or what I aspects of myself that I would like to nurture and others that have shown me what I absolutely do not want to do with people that I'm ever in mentorship or coaching for. Mm, Okay. And that's something that I would just like to put out as a tip is using intuition and discernment, right? It's this energetic discernment. We're discerning the energy. Is this person a right fit for me? And maybe they will be for a certain amount of time. And then maybe they'll no longer be serving because you're in a new timeline, And that's something to think about, too, and that there's going to be no magic mentor or guru or coach that's just going to all of a sudden completely change your life. Like you are going to be the one to change your life. These people are just going to show you different tools and wisdoms and gifts that they have in their toolkit and in their personal experience that might resonate with you. And you can adopt them and transform them into whatever works for you specifically. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's just something that I'd like to bring up because I often hear a lot about how, if I just had the perfect mentor, I could get this job or I could do this thing. And, and that's, that's really not true. It's, I honestly think having a team of expanders, like I said, Lacey Phillips coined that term and mentors and support team of all these people that can truly show you these parts of you and these tools that they have. And it's like, you kind of can have like a sample plotter of different flavors of, of potential, I guess is how I would say that.
0: Uh, you know, that makes sense actually. And when you were <laughs> saying that, it kind of reminds me of how people will be like, well, if I just had the right partner, then I'd be happy and I'd feel love. Right. If I had the right car, then I'd be able to get these opportunities. If I had the right house, I'd be able to sleep at night. But like, In reality, those are really good things to have. They're luxurious things to have in this life. However, you create your own happiness, you create your own love, your own joy, your own success, and your own peace. It's an internal job once again. And I think our society, especially with social media, does a really good job with brainwashing people that you need things outside of you in order to feel these feelings. Yes. That's why I love meditation and especially Dr. Joe Dispenza's work because he really speaks so much about the internal divine energy of our own selves and how we can bring all the things that we want in this life into reality. But you have to already act like it's happened in your house. Uh, Sorry, not in your house. (laughs) You have to act like it's already happened within yourself. Um, Yo, it's in the Your inner home. (laughs) Yeah so um I love that you said that and and I definitely want to learn about how you kind of were like okay well well let me just intertwine spirituality and business because that's still pretty new for me to learn how to intertwine these two different entities um or they're not really two different entities I think we think they're two different entities but teach us how they're kind of actually similar and how we can co-create them together.
1: Ooh there it is mm-hmm. um Okay. (laughs) So I want to start by saying when I was in college is kind of when this really started uh, because I was in entrepreneurship and it's so fast paced and in entrepreneurship, for those of you who are a part of this, you already know. And for those of you who are not and are potentially aspiring to be, you can always work. You can always improve. There is really never an end point to that which you are creating. We can always add more to our idea, to our business model, to our offering, to our marketing, whatever it is. And I recognized my junior year, I was like, I have done so much in these past three weeks, for example, and I can't remember most of it because I wasn't present for the process because I was so busy in future thought. And that's what led me to studying mindfulness and making my senior project and most of my concentration dedicated to how do we integrate mindfulness principle and practices within entrepreneurship and innovation ecosystems, within startup communities, within business meetings, within creative meetings, within basically all of these like masculine, Western, fast paced, capitalist type of spaces. How do we integrate them in a way where these spaces become human centered, not only for the clients, but for the people who are creating the work. Mm. So my senior project was actually testing out if implementing mindfulness techniques, uh, breath work, movement, embodiment practices within a couple of startup programs and a couple of startup businesses, how that changed the productivity levels, the quality of fulfillment within them, the team dynamics, and just like the overall energy of the space, which is also kind of what we implemented through the wellness community, if you noticed back in our corporate job. Yeah. And that was the foundation for me, knowing that there is this element in this realm that can be incorporated into business that is beyond the typical traditional way of doing it. And so I removed myself out of entrepreneurship kind of when I started that job and I remember for years I was like I studied entrepreneurship I'm not an entrepreneur like why did I even get this degree like just so low on myself because I was like I have nothing to show for this and took all these years to do these practices of being in my feminine and all, all those things I was talking about before joining these women's communities and then feeling since I was so tapped into my intuition at this point of my intuition saying it's time to start a business Mm -hmm. and then using my intuition as part of my strategy for developing my business model. And so there is this way of using, you know, logical data driven, uh, linear processes for developing a business, which you need to do in order for it to sustain and scale and to use hypothesis and evidence-based knowledge to know if your business is succeeding or not, if it's meant for the market, if it's actually serving your customers, all of the things that come with entrepreneurship. And then there's this other element of my intuition that says, these are the people that I wanna work with. This is the next step in how I'm gonna scale what I do because for this, for what I'm doing right now, this is part of my purpose and it's in alignment with the job that I have, and of course, I've done other jobs as well. I will continue to do other jobs until I can fully support myself. Mm-hmm. But being able to use our intuition in, in any realm, I don't think you even need to have your own business. Yeah, intuition so. is such a key factor in strategy, you can strategize using all of the data. But if your intuition is saying, oh, there's something that's really not in alignment here, I guarantee something is not going to be successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, or as fulfilling for you as a participant in someone creating or continuing to grow something.
0: I really do enjoy and love talking about intuition because this is something that i have been currently just working on trusting myself, you know, that inner voice. And typically that inner voice is not like a loud voice of like, this is what you should do now. It's very soft and it's quiet up until you really start to trust it. And then it becomes pretty loud. So I, um, I'll kind of share the story, which we kind of talked about it yesterday, but it was the Ulta story. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, the way I've been working on trusting my intuition is by asking questions. Mm hmm. So I was on my way home from the gym and I realized that I needed to buy some eyeliner. And I asked my intuition, should I go to Ulta or should I go to Sephora? Like, look how simple and funny this is that I'm even asking about eyeliner of what place should I even go to buy this eyeliner? And that's how I've been building my self-trust is by asking these small questions and being very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So my intuition said Ulta. I had, and the way I even knew this is more of like a feeling. This is how I know. I just had a feeling that I should go to Ulta instead of Sephora. So I said, okay. So I drive up to Sephora. uh, Sorry, I drive up to Ulta. I grab the eyeliner. I get in line. I meet the cashier lady, give her the eyeliner. (laughs) comes out to $23.94. The lady tells me, oh my God, you have lots of points. Do you want to use your points? And I said, uh yeah sure and i'm thinking in my mind i never shop at ulta like where the (laughs) hell did these points come from and she goes okay all you owe is a dollar and 23 cents and i said what and she goes yeah you have lots of points actually you should probably use it before the end of the month it can buy you a lot of things and i said so my total is just a tax and she goes yeah you're just paying for the tax. So then my analytical mind came in and was trying to question, like, how, what, where, how did these points even come in? You know, because I barely shop at that place. I'm literally a VIB member at Sephora, which is like top of line card that I have from Sephora <laughs> because that's how much I shop there. I really you like those pallets, there. though. <laughs> <laughs> like I barely shop at Ulta. So I was shocked. So I paid the twenty three cents, and I literally was skipping out of Ulta because I was so happy and I was so excited. And I was like, wow, oh. I'm so happy that I trusted my intuition. And it's not even about the money. It's about how I'm building that self-trust in between myself and, and this like God-given gift of having this intuition. Like everybody has this gift. But how often are we actually tuning in and asking questions? Most of the time, we just kind of do things without asking. And that's what I've been learning in this life is to ask, even before I go on vacation, before I hang out with somebody, before I even bring somebody onto the podcast, I ask my intuition, is this the right thing to do? And then this is how I've been learning how to kind of um, become a lot stronger in my intuition. So I love that you talk about that. And I've always told you that how much I love how intuitive you are, because you're very intentional and very purposeful with everything that you do. And I think that's really important in this life to to be that way because you're giving value to yourself. And then once you have that value within, you're able to give value to other people. And that's kind of what you're doing with your clients. So how are the ways that people can reach out to you and work with you?
1: Ooh, really quick. I think I- for listeners, I would like to offer... Um, a quick tools for tapping into intuition, because it's exactly what you said. Uh, this whole idea of everyone has this, you don't need to be woo or super spiritual. I mean, there is a faith base within it, but we all have this ability to tap into our intuition and to be our own guide. And so that's when I say mindfulness is foundational, because once we meditate, we build this this muscle almost this practice of having energetic discernment and so with intuition I like to couple it with the idea of inquiry Mm -hmm. and so to inquire right and so if we meditate I can read where my energy is we ask an inquiry our body's going to answer this for us because maybe people aren't at the point where you can automatically hear the voice be like no go to Ulta but you can say hey should I go to this place should I connect with this person? Should I go towards this job or, or whatever it may be? And once you have this ability to recognize the sensations, your body will be like, hell yes, or <laughs> hell no. That's where it's going to be. And then here's the key point is we're going to get tested, constantly being oh, yeah. tested. Every time we level up, I'm going to listen to myself. Cool. Okay. Well, here's a bigger test where you're going to have a little bit more fear. Are you going to listen to yourself? Yes. Okay. Well, here's the next test with even more fear. Are you going to listen yourself? No. Okay. Well, we're just going to keep testing until you're so trusting in yourself and you hold the frequency, like you were saying, and you, you get to this level where you already become what you're seeking or what you're wanting or what, what you're desiring that it already like immediately aligns with you because you're so secure and trusting yourself for the guidance. Wow you penetrated my heart with your words as
0: you always do you really do you just have a way with words so i appreciate you sharing that with the listeners and You know, I have a lot of friends here where I live that they're fairly new to all these things. So I appreciate you kind of going into detail about intuition and um, about self-development, meditation, spirituality, and entrepreneurship and working with divine feminine energy and masculine energy and, you know, how it's all within us. So I really appreciate your time, your energy, and it's always such a pleasure co-creating with you. Um, So I would love for you again to kind of share how somebody can reach out to you and work with you. Um, and, and kind of just like be able to connect with you on, you know, what platforms do you have available that people can do
1: that? Thank you. Oh, I love you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I will say the first thing is I like to, my, my vision is for every woman to be able to tap into their intuition. So I definitely always want to offer some free tools and resources, and I'm happy to share things on podcasts because it's obviously a different value than if people work one-on-one with me or in groups, which brings me to how people can connect with me. So I have an Instagram at chancy so fancy. And my name is C-H-A-N-C-Y so fancy. There I post a lot of just pictures of myself and the captions are more what's important on there i haven't i've been creating some content but that's the best way for people to connect with me through like dms through asking questions if anyone wants um, to collaborate on an event and then i'm launching my website the beginning of march and it's just going to be chancywazo.com for my business Which is Chansey Wazo LLC. (laughs) And what I have on there for direct work to offer is one on one coaching with clients where I incorporate practices such as mindfulness, embodiment, wellness, um, wild feminine practices, and self leadership, which is another thing I, I studied in college. And so I have the one on one. And then I'm going to start hosting group containers and group workshops related to um, women's ability to tap into intuition. And then I'm slowly starting to integrate more into women in entrepreneurship and how to incorporate both strategy and the, the tools that I've learned through my entrepreneurship degree, as well as tapping in and using intuition for that as well. And I also do guest speaking. I've been doing a lot of speaking in women's groups and mindset groups and entrepreneurship groups. And also the last thing on my website is going to be a resources page. And on there, people can see the lives that I've done, the podcasts I'm in. I put a couple of my favorite books on there. And some of my favorite podcasts, because I, like I said, I want to offer some free resources for people as well. I know that within the commoditization of wellness and life coaching, things become very inaccessible. And although I believe people should be paid the value that they offer, I still want to offer things that are accessible to everyone that is interested in them. So yeah, just my Instagram, Chancey So Fancy. And then my website chancywazo.com which I said will be launching in the beginning of March so there will also be a blog there'll be all kinds of information and tools and ways to connect and work with me perfect thank you so much
0: I'm going to actually upload um some things on Instagram uh, for finding the oasis within Instagram and I will tag her and everything. So you guys will have her information. Um, and Chancy, before I let you go, can you share with our listeners either an affirmation, a prayer or personal words of wisdom that they can carry for the rest of the day with them?
1: Yes, I thought about this last night and I had Mm -hmm. like a (laughs) hundred. Welcome to my world. I know, like a (laughs) hundred.
0: Before you do it, I would love to take just a deep breath and kind of just ground and then you can speak your words.
1: I would like to remind everyone that the most important relationship to have is with yourself focus on the relationship with yourself focus on the self-nurturing focus on what feels good be led by your joy and as cliche as this sounds your intuition your true north your your purpose will all come through through your heart space and so the more you can open your heart the more you can open yourself up to your potential, to your divine connection, to your ability to create, whether that's business, whether that's art, community, whatever it may be, through this relationship with yourself, tapping into your heart allows you to expand and be open. And that is the most fulfilling way in this life.
0: Wow. So much, Chancy. That was actually really grounding for me. And I loved it, and I love you, and I really appreciate you for all the energy that you have put it into today's episode is there anything else you'd like to say before we
1: end the episode um just if anyone has any questions or any collaborations anything to please just go ahead and reach out you know me i am very overly social so <laughs> self nurturing self care time is very important to me but i am happy to speak with anyone and to connect and Yeah, I just appreciate you so much. I'm very proud of us for for speaking so eloquently and professionally. Mm -hmm. Girl, I know once we get off this call, I'm going to be like, bruh, that was so
0: cool. I love that. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into another episode of Finding the Oasis Within. Have a blessed day and be on the lookout for another interview that will be happening next week. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Finding the Oasis Within experience. You can follow and reach out to us on our Instagram page at Finding the Oasis Within. You can also subscribe to our Spotify and Apple Music accounts so you never miss an episode. Remember, we are in this together. One breath, one heart, one soul.